Hello and welcome to the Sorry Meadows podcast. I'm your host Mike and today I'm joined by Melanie and Reese. Before we begin, I just want to say a massive thank you to Spike Kappa for our amazing theme music. Hello and welcome to the Sorry Meadows podcast. I'm your host Mike and today I'm joined by Melanie and Reese. Before we begin, I just want to say a massive thank you to Spike Kappa for our amazing theme music. Hello and welcome to the Sorry Meadows podcast. I'm your host Mike and today I'm joined by Melanie and Reese. Before we begin, I just want to say a massive thank you to Spike Kappa for our amazing theme music. As you probably guessed from that intro and from the title, today we're going to be discussing time loop movies. And we've picked, I think, what I think is five, four pretty fun and unique ones to talk about. But we're better to start with sort of the granddaddy of all time loop movies with Groundhog Day. So as we usually do, I'll just go around and see what everyone thought of the film as a whole first, um, which is actually the first time I've seen this. But Melanie, what did you think of Groundhog Day? Um, The granddaddy, eh? No, um, I... <laughs> I really liked watching Groundhog Day. Um, I did think it was maybe a little too long. Like, I don't know. I mean, sometimes I just don't know if I'm just not in the right mood or if it truly is, you know, dragging a little bit. But yeah, I thought like in the middle there, sometimes it was a bit draggy. Um, But no, all in all, I really liked watching it. I mean, you've got the classic, he's a bit of a dick at the beginning and then, you know, he changes for the better by the end. Um, and you've got the, you know, the, the needed or not needed, (laughs) but you've got the sex montage as they always have or not always, but you know, um, I didn't really enjoy that one, but, um, I enjoyed the film as a whole and I mean, yeah, it's Bill Murray. What's not to like? Uh, what about you, Reese? I'm not going to have a lot to say (laughs) because I absolutely adore this film and I might just spend the next quarter of an hour going, yeah, it's great. It's brilliant. Because <laughs> this is this film is, it's one of them, it's set into my top 20. Like, if you give me a top 20 film, this is going straight into it. I've seen it 10s, 20s, 30, 40, loads, loads growing up, loads now. I've watched it at least twice already this year. You know, if it's on ITV, I'm going to stop and watch it. There's nothing stopping me watching this. All the characters in it, I love Phil Connor. Uh, I think that Harold Ramis is great with um, Bill Murray. Uh, I know that this is, I think this is their last collaboration together um, when it comes to films. Of course, they did Caddyshack and Ghostbusters before, so they're a great, you know, they're a great reliable combo. And yeah, I, I just fall for it every time. And it's a, it's a, it's a movie where every time I start it, I'm like, oh, am I gonna, am I gonna sit through this? But then, as the days go by and as they keep repeating, and then he becomes a better person i just sink right into it and i'm like by the end i'm disappointed that it's over because i i never want to leave um oh what's it called i never want to leave um pucks pucks attorney never because i just love everything that goes on in there um and i love bill murray as phil connor phil phil connors yeah one of my favorite films of all time easily 
I really liked it as well. It was, as I said, it was the first time I've seen it. So it was more sort of basic than I thought it was because I've, I've seen a lot of other time loop movies that all take sort of, and I don't think Groundhog Day was the first time loop movie, but I think it's easily the most famous. And all the others sort of take the concepts and add another thing on top. So Groundhog Day was more basic than I thought it would be in the fact that it's sort of mainly just the time loop. But that's not an insult to it because I think they do it well, really well. So um, it's, yeah, well, it's adapted. It, you say it's not the first, but it is adapted. I think it's, for, is it 12.01pm? I think there was a bit of a copyright hmm. sort of suing legal case going on about whether this film was nicked off someone. It, uh, it turned mm-hmm. out, you know, it, it didn't it didn't turn out conclusive that it was, yeah. but... There were novels before this with the same concept, yeah. like long I, before. I think there was a film before it as well, but even if it's not the first, or even if it is, it's it's easily the most famous, and you can see why, because yeah. it's yeah, great. And yeah. I think it got better as it went, because by the time we were in the end, where it was the learning new skills and acting like a god and doing good things for people's stage, it was just so delightful. Like, everything involving the old man and taking him for soup and all of that is <laughs> great. I love yeah. that. Yeah, it's the, it, it's. I think it does really well to not stray over that religious boundary of it definitely being some sort of allegory. I know it's hinted at quite a lot. I know there's a lot of, there's a lot of Jewish imagery in it. There's a lot of Buddhist image, Buddhist imagery in it. There's a lot of Christian stuff going on as well. But it's not defined that. No, that's not what it is. And he said the mm. the thing with the um, the thing with the man of the soup and it it, it again. He establishes himself as some sort of god. He gets everything he wants, but it's the same sort of thing with Superman and Jonathan Kent. You know, in '78 Superman. Yeah, I said this before. Jonathan Kent. Him. Jonathan Kent has the heart attack. He can't do anything about it. He's not a. You know, yeah, you can. So he can. So Bill Murray. Sorry, Phil can do everything in his power to be the as best person he is. He just has to accept that. Yeah, although it's looping, life still goes on within the loop every day. Yeah. Yeah, there is a progression every day. And when you get to the end of that, don't you, it sort of hits the point where he, has, he can't save him, so he just makes sure he has a very good last day, doesn't he? Which is mm. quite sweet. Um, yeah, I again, I, I don't, I, I never really view this as a film. I, it's a series of, it's a series of set pieces, and the set pieces get, go from horrible at the start, like, you know, and he just tries to have sex with everyone, and it's it's a I bit. Think he inappro- actually, it's very he inappropriate. He gets more horrible once the time loop starts, I think, and I think that's the point where you see the true side of him is once mm. it starts, and he just goes really horrible. Mm. Yeah. yeah, and then of course, yeah, you get to the bits where the, I think the isn't the bet that the first selfless act is he catches the guy at the tree, the, the boy at the tree, doesn't he? And that's when it yeah. changes for me. Always, I, I always note that moment as the. That's when the film picks up for me because it the, the a big problem with these time loop films obviously they get repetitive. Oh, that's not you know that's the nature of the film. They're a repetitive narrative, and it's whether it's whether you don't get bored of that or it's whether you you accept it and go no I'm 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 enjoying it more every time it happens. And always the bit where the kid falls out the tree and he and he catches him and he's like I'm hang on just give me a second let me just save this kid. And I'm I'm completely in because Phil Connor has won me over, um, and I just love how nice he is at the end. Yeah, and he's so likable like, by the end. I'd like I'd like to think it's 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 a sort of goodwill thing. Is like he, he you see the worst of him, but then eventually after time the best of his humanity, and he becomes the best of humanity. And I'd like to think that 
all our diff all our first stages would be different. So how I would react, how you would react, how Mike, Melanie, how we yeah. all react at the start would be different. But I'd like to think that, and this film pr portrays that we all gravitate towards just being nice in the end. I think that's a wonderful, wonderful uh, narrative. Um, and I think they pick the perfect day to end it on. Um, I think if they'd gone one more, it might have ruined it a bit because you get the perfect day of him being nice where the whole day is just goes around and he saves everyone and he makes everyone's life happier for the day and then you have the party at the end where he's playing the piano on the stage and then they and then Andy McDowell bids on him and all of that and it's the perfect day to end it on and I think if they'd done one more it might have ruined it and gone too far but I think that's they they know that that's the one where it needs to sort of end to be the best narratively and I think it's it's the perfect choice to yeah. end the film on um hmm. what do you think of all the characters because again I'm I for me the weakest point of this was always I, I'm not. A, I've never been a fan of Andy McDowell. I know, for me, she's she's the worst bit of four wedding, four weddings and a funeral, which is a great film. But she works really well in this film with Phil. I think that, I mean, we we know literally nothing about her at the start, and even at the end, I know we get a lot of her backstory. But because the day keeps on repeating, she always feels really fresh, and it's like you never. None of the characters you never quite get to know them apart from Phil, and I like that. I like, you know, I know we get, I know we get the backstory, but you never the characters reset, so you never learn how they react with people all the time because we always see it different a different day. And I think one of the the what the, the other films do very well is they have stronger side characters that understand quicker. Okay, this is what's going on, and are more helpful for the main character. But um, I think that the side hmm. characters in this, one place where they did shine was that the place that they all show up for the first time in the day created the perfect loop of realising and of seeing how things were looping because you run into the guy outside the room, then you run into, what's his name? Is it Ned Ryerson? Yeah, in the street. Ned um, And then from there, you run into sort of each person one by one in a row. I think it's because you have to have a good initial setup for the loop because if it's not distinct enough... And the character won't realise for ages that they're in one. Mm -hmm. And I think they're they're a good run of realising it there. And yeah. what what you do in these a lot of these films is uh particularly when I rewatch is you the more you do you just keep an eye out of stuff, don't you? So you look at the background, there's a puddle there. Oh I wonder if I wonder if that's gonna come into play. I wonder if that's gonna come into play. I wonder if he's gonna do something about that later on, about in the the fifteenth time he passes it. Like yeah, you know, it's just I I, I just get really excited watching it because, you know, it, there's a lot that happens in this film. So there's quite a lot you forget. I mean, uh, usually I forget that he learns to play the piano. And so yeah. that beautiful bit where he turns up. Um, I always forget that there's a brilliant line. What is it? Um, where he says he, you know, he learns French, doesn't he? And it's just like, because he does so much. He has so much time. There's always something when I come to it. There's something I've always forgotten about it. And I, and I love, like you mentioned, where you, you can spot little things like the puddle and go, oh, I wonder how they'll use that. It's such a really good way. And because this is only focusing on the time loop, it doesn't have the other sort of ideas. This one has a really good use of the, okay, we've got one very specific limited situation. What's every single thing we can do with that? And then they do it and they, and they sort of take every single possible way that situation can, do, can go and just shows the most interesting ones. And I think that's really cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's maybe... I'm not sure. But it might be also the most varied, like, of the time loop films because we get... Well, maybe Palm Springs is also quite... But you get, you know, him having, you know, trying to date, like, 
other women and then you get him trying to get with Rita and then you get him learning how to play the piano and then you get him being nice and you you get him figuring it all out and like you get a lot of different things that he does within his loop and I really really like that um it did infuriate me when like the third time in a row or something he still stepped into the puddle and I'm like Phil, you should know Be by fair, now I, I, that I would do that. <laughs> I step in that puddle every day for the entire like million years. I never. <laughs> There's the one where he's he's um, what he times the bank robbery, doesn't he? Uh, to take the mm. money. Oh yeah, there's uh, also the bank robbery. Yeah. A gust of wind, a dog barks, yeah. cue the yeah. truck, exit Herbert, walk walk out into the bank. <laughs> you know, there's there's probably multiple times he's tried that, walked over there slightly too yeah. early or slightly too late, and got shot. Well, and, and, yeah. and you know, and you, we'll see later on the films, Edge of Tomorrow. That basically that that bank robbery scene is the almost the entirety of Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah, basically. Yeah, true. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I'm surprised you remembered Ned Rising because because the whole point is you're meant to forget who he is. You know, Needle Nose Ned, Ned <laughs> the Head, Western High. I did the I did the whistling belly button trick at the high school talent show. <laughs> <laughs> I love Gosh. it when he when he uses that to then get with a woman, right? He like acts <laughs> like he's from her high school. <laughs> yeah. Ah. Oh. I think my favorite scene in the whole movie was when he's in the diner and he's convincing Andy McDowell that he's in a time loop, and he goes around every single person in the diner one by one oh, and says well, a fact a about them. And I think it's an incredible mm. scene, and I think it's. I think the the joke that was sort of because there's a lot of really quick witted jokes in this, and I think the one that got me fastest was when he goes over to the couple and goes, "These two are going to marry today," but she's having second thoughts, and then you walk off, and you just see their quick reaction as he walks off. <laughs> I think it's a great one. Yeah, and I love that they come back at the end again. Like you yeah. know, these are not just all just one line throwaway characters. Like at the end, you do have this couple, and they're together, and they actually yeah. did get married. Like you know, and you he know, helped like, them out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's that scene is earned through an hour and a half of build up. Mm. Like it is properly, it's set in stone, because because the the amount of time you you feel the amount of time fills there, and you feel that he's trying to get these because that that last scene, yeah, it it's not just him trying to be clever. He's actually got to know people, and he gets their life stories, and it's as if it's it again. It's 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 as if he, as he said, he understands God. It's not that. You know, God, it's not that God is omnipotent. He's just been around so long. It's not he's not trying to be God. He's trying to be. He's. I, I t- okay. My only weakness with this is that the whole thing is he's trying to get with Rita. Whereas mm. even at the start, again, because they repeat, Rita's the same person at the start. So I don't know why he tries to. Why she fall in love with him by the end? Maybe he found the secret way to do it. But I'm just like, yeah, but. You've only got 24 hours. You've tried everything. Why is it this one that happens? But, you yeah. know, if you're going to get yeah. into the technicalities of why the loop cha- why the loop ends, there's no point watching it because it's not the, important. All the time loop movies have, I think, one character who, when you look at them as a whole, doesn't feel like they only had one day. They feel like they had the whole movie too. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I never think it detracts too much because I think you've got to have that person. So there's sort of an end goal. And I think it's good yeah. that this is the only one of the movies that never gets explained why there's a time loop. I know Happy Death Day, which we'll talk about later, doesn't, but it eventually does in the sequel explain why. Oh, okay. And I know this is the only one that doesn't 
actually explain or explain how he gets out of it or anything really. Um, no. And I don't no. think, and I think this one out of all of them didn't Mike, really Mike. need it. He gets out because of love, Mike. Yeah, it's love. <laughs> but yeah, I just, I just think out of all of them, this is one that didn't need it. I think this will be bogged down if they started explaining it. Mm-hmm. It's because, and it's because it doesn't matter because the story is about Phil. Again, he said there's, there's no, there's no other, there's nothing else going on. He's stuck in a town, and then he, he sort of becomes unstuck in it by. Again, being nice, he gets it. So, so, although he could be stuck there forever, he's reached a point of comfort where he'll never want to leave. You know, he's found yeah. his comfort. He's happy now because he gets to spend every day with Rita. So, in a way, before the time even ended, he's already escaped it because he gets to live his perfect day over and over again. I mean, yeah, remember he said that at the start that he went. He was in some um, Caribbean beach drinking tequila and like. With they they went at it like otters, like yeah. And he said, "Well, do you want to do that day after day after day?" Well, at the end of this, no, because he's found actual comfort. Um, and yeah, there's there's a reason why the word, the, the the name Groundhog Day is you know it's it's a phrase. That's how iconic this is, and it's because it's about Phil. That it's about it's n- there's nothing else going on. He's not trying to stop any invasion. He's not trying to. He stops trying to get out. He's, he's, there's no alternative plan going on. It's just him becoming a nicer person. And so, although you call this a time loop film, it is a time loop film. There's a time loop element. It's actually about somebody just becoming comfortable with themselves yeah. and gets plenty yeah. of time to do yeah. it. Um, you know, what I found extremely disappointing, though, was finding out how Groundhog Day actually works. Because here, where I live, we do have a similar thing um where we do something on one day and then um we like we burn something and then the way it burns then shows us how long winter will or when will winter um end or how good summer will be or whatever and and i was like you know it's an actual thing we just burn something and we see how it burns and i thought the groundhog day thing would be similar where they just let out a groundhog and then depending on how he acts (laughs) they would then determine you know how like when winter will end but no it's just all an act of them like whispering yeah. something to the <laughs> groundhog and acting like it speaks yes. <laughs> it's so stupid um, oh what is he oh god what does he say he says um oh, i'm just trying to think of it hang on oh yeah the um the television really fails to capture the true excitement of a large squirrel predicting the weather like, <laughs> awful the one thing i do want to say and the, the the one major flaw of this entire film, the poster is yeah, it's horrific. really bad. It's it is oh, yeah. one of the worst posters I've ever seen. And so bad. Yeah, it, can you imagine if your can you imagine if your parents said, "Oh, we're finally going to watch this great film. It's called Groundhog Day," and you, you just see the cover of the VHS <laughs> and you go, "Are you sure this is a good film?" It looks. <laughs> um, well, you'd you'd still watch it because Bill Murray's on there, but it, yeah. wouldn't, but it wouldn't start you off well. Well, we'll move on in a sec then, but there's a question I want to ask for each of these um, as as we get to it. If you're going to be stuck in a time loop, is this a location you'd be happy being stuck in it in? I mean, yeah, though I, I am generally scared of being stuck in like a small town and never being able to leave. Like that's genuinely a fear of is, mine. Living in a small but... town already kind of feels like living in a time loop, doesn't it? Yeah, they, I mean, they do uh, touch upon that as well in the film really shortly. Um, but um, I think, yeah, it would be probably an okay place. Like yeah. it's not 
you know, I think it's I not could, bad. I think I could tolerate it, but yeah. I don't think I'd want to stay there for long. I think I, yeah. I think I'd be, I think I'd get out eventually. Yeah. I, I mean, I do, I do think we have some sort of weird contextual insight into it over the past year. I mean, we've been in in a localish lockdown for well, I know we're getting out of it now, but for at least eight months, yeah, I, I couldn't go further than five miles away from my house legally. And I thought, oh, this is great. I get to walk, I could go out for my one walk every day. And then within like a month or two, I'd done all the walking routes around my town. I, yeah, around my village. I've been up every single street, every single um, cul-de-sac, every single avenue, footpath, forest area. I'd done that entirely. And then I started to do the next town and then the next town. And, you know, it, I ran out of places to walk and I, I think I would get bored, but I definitely use it to, get better at stuff you know yeah um, well i think i'd definitely go through the phases of have loads of fun with it have loads of fun with it at first and then learn loads of new stuff i'd be fine with being in a time loop if i knew how to get out if i didn't know how to get out then i'd freak out yeah but then you have something to do you have something like to figure yeah, out yeah, something to figure out so I, i'd have loads of fun then i'd learn some new skills then i figure out how to get out Yeah, but the, <laughs> yeah. the, the only thing i'd find frustrating right is that it's not just the people that reset, it's everything else that you do. So say that I wrote mm. something down or say that if you wanted to write like a really great piece of work, say you wanted to write a, a brilliant book and you had all this time to do it. Yeah. But every day yeah. you'd have to rewrite the, the first again. It's like, it's like old video games. Um, I mean, I, I like geometry dash to start with, but after I've played it for seven days straight, I've had enough of it. Cause I have to do the same. I can do the start. Mm. When I get to the bit I need to do, it becomes hard, you know. Like, yeah. It is uh, technically well, also a little bit of dream life because, I mean, <laughs> maybe it's just because I'm so, like, stressed and, and just overworked right now, but I would just, for the first few weeks, probably, just not so think relaxing. about anything and just relax sleep, and just, just do sleep. whatever I feel like in the moment, you know. <laughs> but, yeah. Anyway, yeah, we'll move on sleep. to then the least relaxing Time that we're going to talk about. Uh, we're going to talk about edges of. Edges. <coughs> sorry, edges. 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 We're going to talk about edges. Edges of tomorrow. Yeah, we're going to talk about edges tomorrow. Which is? Are you sure that's the title of the film? Uh, edge of tomorrow should not be the title. It should be live, die, repeat. <laughs> or all you need is kill, which is the name of the yeah. comic, which is great. Um, I Shakazaka. This is a movie that, for about seventy percent, I really love, and it would be my favorite if the the ending stuck here. I think that. Tom Cruise and Emily Blunt are really good in it. And I think it has... Because in the other time loops, generally, they're having longer days. In this one, his days are very short. And I really love the way they show throughout the film him... Like, you see him dodging very specific little movements and he's got to plan everything out really precisely. And I think seeing the way that everything's panned out precisely throughout the film is so cool. And I think that's why this one stands out to me a lot because it's seeing like as it goes on seeing the same loop but him dodging through it even better and dodging around i think mm. that's all really cool i think the action's great the side characters i think are all really fun mm. it's got a great like concept for the time that you felt this is the only one that ever goes straight out action and it would be my favorite if it didn't totally drop the ball at the end because they take his time loop powers away and it just turns i think for me this movie into a sort of generic alien action movie and then you get the last fight scene which is so awful like i've seen this movie a few times i've never <laughs> known what's happening in the last fight at all. like i just don't it's so dark and 
messy <laughs> and you can't see a thing. But until yeah. that, until he loses his powers, I think this is a great film. What, do you what know what I... the worst thing about the ending yeah. is? What? Is that after all we've been through, all the repeating, it has like a, a happy ending. Yeah, like, and they reset like, it like, all again win. completely, don't they? They win. And it's um, like, for God's yeah. sake. What, what about you, Reese? then? What, what do you think of the film as a, as a whole? Uh, I mean... I think it's a fine action flick for the most part. Again, like you, I think it starts off really strong, throwing Cage into the battle of into the horror and chaos of battle. Uh, I really enjoyed the more that the more that Cage advanced, like you did, like he's learning all the different um, all the different movements of stuff, how he dodges stuff, and there's a serious question going through it all the time of between each second, between each frame, how many times has he died? Because it's so like like from him going from like one bank to the other, walking towards the camera. Those bits with Bill Paxton, like within one f- scene, how many times did he died over and over again? Yeah. Like how many different realities are we seeing? Um, you know, like even bits like him rolling underneath the truck. Yeah, you know, probably took like twenty attempts to to mm-hmm. get it right. Yeah, mm-hmm. but and I sort of I switched off a couple of times. Um, I switched off, and I, any a lot of the bits with the exposition. There's a lot of explaining the plot with um, with big computer projector uh, tables in front of you, pointing at stuff, we need to get rid of this, where's this thing? And there was the bit where he goes, oh, he can suddenly see where the bad guy is. Like, oh, they're in the Louvre. Oh, great. That's convenient. Like, we know where you are. Although there was a good t- plot twist there because there was a trap in there as well. And yeah, because they were taking him to the but wrong it was place like, first. Oh, yeah, but you'll get... They'll, it'll tell Soon, it'll tell you where the bad guy is. And then, of course, the, the final scene which is turn the light on yeah. somebody turn <laughs> why is it oh, they, they went to the yeah, avpr um school <laughs> of lighting uh, what about you, Melanie? What, what did you think of that just tomorrow? um i probably watched this at the worst time on like in the worst way oh. because i watched it at 8 a.m on uh, my during small... an alien invasion as well <laughs> so you were just really distracted <laughs> my small macbook air so it's like not a great time and way to watch a you know like an action uh, film at least um, if you're watching it on a laptop you can turn the brightness up in the last that's true <laughs> that's true um no i i generally liked watching it um i think i don't you know it wasn't like super boring or like super stupid or anything. There were a few stupid things. I didn't like. It was quite pro-military and then don't usually enjoy. It was very, I don't know because like, everyone we meet is higher up in the military. That's is such true. a horrible person. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like yeah, Brendan yeah, yeah. Gleeson, no, just straight that. away <laughs> yeah, gets, like, throws him into the battle. But still, you know, it's sort of both, I yeah. guess. No, um, yeah, I absolutely don't see the sense in him still being sent to the battlefield with that. Like the first thing was like oh we're gonna send you there with the camera team right so you can record stuff and then he's just sent there yeah i think <laughs> it was because after that, was like, what? they knew that if they didn't then send him he would try and ruin their reputation he just didn't want it so they ah, sent him okay, hoping he yeah. would die yeah that makes sense i guess yeah um, also sorry why does i i found it really weird so i know that the general in his safe has the one thing that... What, what, <laughs> yeah. what does he have in this safe again? Yeah. And it was just like, yeah. why did he have it in that safe there? Yes. Like, Because like, they wasn't, needed... Wasn't, wasn't the battle somewhere completely else? Yeah. Like, yeah. But they... Because yeah. that was... Well, that was a specifically... <laughs> was designed to kill the Omega that was made during Emily Blunt's <laughs> time loop. Yeah. Um, that was confiscated when they... I think 
started experimenting on her. So um, yeah, but why is it in his? I, I, yeah, I why just, is it like, in his set? That's where, there's, there's a lot of background to this film, and so I, I understand. And it's it's the nature of these films. You have to focus on the main character, like because mm. it's all yeah. about him. He's the looping, and so unlike Groundhog Day, where there isn't a lot of background needed in this, because there's you a lot of build-up. What you yeah. have to have it, and it suffers from it's it's telling you a backstory, it's narrating you what's happened before, as opposed to showing you, as opposed to involving it in the plot, really, because we never really get. I I, I never get the sense that Emily Blunt has been through what he's been through. I never get that sense mm. from the start because she she doesn't show any sort of little signs of she can see yeah. when she, when he's repeated she can see what he's doing but you know the thing she's is not he's not she's in a similar situation to him where he's not good at the situation because he's got good military training he's just good at it because he's done it so many times yeah and it's yeah. the same sense yeah. as her where everyone thinks she's this incredible soldier but she was actually only good during that battle because mm. she did it so many times. Yeah. yeah, there is one absolutely standout scene in this film, and it's when they reach the barn, and you know she's telling him, she's telling her, he's telling her, you're not going to make it. Like, yeah, there's no. This is this is where you stop. I've tried every single combination, hmm. and this is where it always ends for you. And I know I, I know you, Melanie, you don't like Tom Cruise. <laughs> Too fair. I don't think I, I don't like Tom Cruise in most things he's in. He does. It doesn't come across as a particularly nice book anyway but i think he pulls that he's so like yeah, I mean, emotionless yeah, yeah. he's so I've... emotionless in this and it yeah. works brilliantly yeah. those scenes where yeah. he's got to be like yeah i've seen you die hundreds of times you get to the helicopter you're gonna die you get into that car you're gonna die i've seen you killed by aliens i've seen you stabbed i've seen you blown up I've seen you shot I've seen you everything by every alien they're all in the caravans over there and yeah mm-hmm. um, yeah. well, um... The movie asks a lot of its lead i think and the next movie we're talking about has someone who I think pulls off really well. Mm. But I think all of the movies we've picked today have an actor that I think pulls off everything you need. Because you need sort of the version of themselves before the time loop. Then you need their initial panic in the time loop. Then you need their competencies, their learning the time loop. Then you need the emotional aspect they always get towards the end. So it takes a lot from the actor who's playing the person stuck in the time loop. And I do think Tom Cruise does a good job of it. Because um, you get the sense that he's getting more competent as it goes, and same, not on the same level as Phil Connors, but you get the sense that he is slightly growing as a person. Do you know that when he gets in there, he's only really in it for him? Yeah, mm. yeah, that's true. I, um, I do like. There's two scenes or two parts in this. One that I absolutely loved, and one that I was like, I think that was this next to the you know maybe the the last fight. One scene that I absolutely hated. Um, the scene that I really loved was just, yeah, the montage of him going through the battlefield and then suddenly getting killed and then we're right back in the battlefield again from the beginning. And I really loved that little montage. I absolutely hate it when he asks Emily Blunt to have sex with him or something yeah. like that. That was just out of oh. nowhere. And I was like, what? why? But they were probably <laughs> writing it and thought, oh, we just realized that this joke has to be in every time loop movie. Quick, just throw it in, mm-hmm. I guess. I just realized, well, I don't know, you guys probably <laughs> realized this while watching, but I just realized both female leads are called Rita in Groundhog Day and in Edge of Tomorrow. Oh, that's cool. Oh, that's probably <laughs> that's a nice, That's right? a very nice Easter egg. Yeah. I Is just this... Because be I, I always thought, right, when I was watching this, when I saw this before, for some reason I had it in my head that it ended on some sort of cliffhanger. And when I went into this and I saw that, 
no, actually, they, they, the Alphas are defeated, the Omega is defeated, thus they can't guess what they're doing anymore, so they win the battle easily. I was like, ah, so I, I, because I know there's a there's meant to be a sequel coming up, and I always thought, oh well, they they're, they're gonna maybe the aliens have moved somewhere else, and maybe they've gone even further back than they have in this, so they're already mm. like another two steps ahead of yeah uh, the main characters. Um, I did like I did like the fact that it was weird that they picked the shores of France, um, you know, stuff like Normandy and Dunkirk. Very D Day, isn't it? Yeah, very D Day. I I don't know whether that was D-Day a great on decision. Crap. Maybe that that was to make it more commercially yeah, viable in maybe. the European market and American yeah. market because I know it's yeah. it's an it's a Japanese property to start with, isn't it? Um, oh, okay. I also you mentioned the sequel Reese, just as it's going to be called Live Die Repeat and Repeat, which means we're there is a finally sequel? getting the proper title. Yeah, is I don't know called... how they're going to do a sequel. That is no, the same uh, thing, they've already but... got the name wrong. It should be The Edge of Tomorrow Tomorrow. Oh, Live, the edges of tomorrow. Live, yeah, the, or live, die, repeat, repeat. <laughs> um, um, what do you think of the aliens? Because I think there's a there's a cool concept for the aliens. Where I like I like their design and I like them as sort of having their time sort of warping powers and always being one step ahead of the humans, and that's how they're able to win sort of every battle so well and all of that. Um, the the only change I'd make to the aliens is I wouldn't call them mimics because they never mimic anything; they just hide behind things. <laughs> um, but yeah, as, as an they, alien race, they they're really cool. Caravans, but they don't do mimic they? anything. <laughs> they, yeah, I mean, like, 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 yeah. If they transformed into stuff, that yeah, but, yeah. No, they actually they just hide inside. Yeah, they hide in yeah. stuff or underground behind <laughs> things. Yeah, yeah, I, I. To be fair, I, it took me quite a while, while into the film to notice that there were like the foot soldier ones, and then there were like the bigger alpha ones. I didn't notice that they looked any different when I was watching it for the first time. They just look like big dreadlocks. Um, <laughs> is what I kept on thinking. But yeah, they were intimidating, and I like the fact that they were clearly like too good. Doesn't matter what body suit the other were wearing, they just, they're gonna get slaughtered because these aliens are too good. Yeah, and it seems to be as well that the first time we properly see them is probably the first time Cage has properly seen them as well. So yeah. when it's coming towards him, it feels like properly horrifying because you know that this is the first time he's seen it, and it's like way bigger than he thought it would be. I think that's really cool. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I also I hope now that they're doing a sequel, I really hope the Australian guy gets a bigger part. I think I enjoyed maybe, him the maybe most. Maybe he'll be in the time loop, Melon. <laughs> maybe he'll be in the... Oh, I would love that. <laughs> um, you guys were mentioning standout scenes earlier, and there's one that really worked for me, and it's the only time in the film he runs away. Um, and it's mm. when he's just sort of had enough and he runs away back to London uh, and, they um, and he's in the, the bar and you hear all the people oh. talking in the bar and he does the bit of, I have been over there, none of it's none of it works and you get the sense that he really thinks he's lost and then he goes outside, then London gets invaded and then you can see him realise, oh, I really need to go back and do this properly now. Yeah. I think that's a really good scene. Yeah, definitely. I, I'm I'm really surprised that that sequence wasn't longer though because that's only maybe he's done it a couple of times because again you don't know how many, many times he's done um he's died between each second even in these films but like because he knows that if he dies he just comes back to life anyway so why so I, i'm surprised they didn't explore the op, explore the option like phil does of well what if i just live my life and I know an aliens are coming so i may as well make the most of yeah. and he, the little time i have over and over again yeah because he 
yeah, it's true because he's the only person that could just at that point try and live their life and enjoy it. Because that's the day you get the sense that that's the day where if they lose, the world ends. Yeah. Um. Mm. So he's got a. So he's the only person that could. But I think it's pretty admirable that he gives it one attempt, and then realizes how important it is. Hmm. I do wonder that, like. Because the way he would end Time Loop, right, is if his blood would get changed. Um, I do wonder if he doesn't die, what would happen? Like, if he reaches a certain amount of time without dying? I think this is one of the cases. Because all four Time Loop movies we've picked seem to have a slightly different rule. Because Phil will reset, what, at 6am, no matter what. Whether he's asleep or awake or whatever. Um, I think Tom Cruise's one... Cage just resets when he dies and I think it's no matter when that is um, I think Tree it gets the sense that it'll reset when she dies but if she can make it out of the day then she breaks the loop yeah um, true and I think is and the guys in Palm Springs are they just is that also just a set time that they reset I mean um, it's either they go through the cave and it resets immediately they die and it resets immediately or they go to sleep or they go to sleep and okay, reset. So they just and stay I think, awake. It goes. Yeah, and I think okay. um, Niles, he says he once made it to Equatorial Guinea or something. Oh, yeah, so he must like, have been awake a while. So he must have been awake for longer yeah. than a day, I guess. But I, so that's pretty cool then, that all four of these movies have a completely different way of resetting the loop. It's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. But, um, well, I I think we should probably move on then to the next film. I'm going to ask a question that I already know the answer to to both of you, but I thought I'd ask it for all of these films and I can't skip it for this one. If you were going to be stuck in a time loop, is this a location you'd, you'd be happy to be stuck in it in? I mean, uh, absolutely. A final battle at the end of the world? <laughs> yeah, I would love to. <laughs> no. Uh. <laughs> I mean, if I'm stuck with the Australian... <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it, it's just completely terrifying. Yeah, it's horrific, isn't go, it? It's the most I wouldn't want to be horrifying situation. And Can fact, you imagine Niles being stuck in this one? You just you'd give up in <laughs> a day. <You> just, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> My favourite of the loops in the, this film was um, when he's practicing trying to roll under the the car. He just gets like. He just gets yeah. completely what the hell were you over. <laughs> <laughs> I just like absolutely yeah. hilarious. Um, yeah. I, again, but again, it's 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 a frustrating one because I yeah we have to restart the day all over again. Yep. It's just, yeah, just. He probably tried that so many times, and you get that yeah. every single minute of this film. You get the sense he's done this exact minute so many times. Yeah, it's a, again, it's a fine action flick. I think it's a good, it's a good fun, yeah. like almost two it's, hours. It's, it's really it's fun just and fast paced. They just boring need to, in places. They need to and nail the, the last fi- act better. The final yeah. act is just dreadful. Maybe because yeah. because and I'm really disappointed because in it Doug Lemon Doug is it Doug Lemon because um, he did the born the born the born identity didn't he? And it's just like this guy can clearly do fight scenes and stuff, but it's just completely yeah. messed it up at the end and. Um, well, maybe it'll get rectified in the next film. Maybe. Live, die, repeat, and make a better final act. Um, we'll move on then to a film that was marketed terribly as a complete slasher when it was a slasher mixed with a rom-com and I think does its rom-com elements probably more effectively than its slasher. Yeah. We move on to <laughs> Happy Death Day. Uh, Manly, I know you really like this. What did you think of Happy Death I... Day? Well, you just said it. I really liked it. <laughs> um, I... 
when I first started watching it, um, I was, yeah, I was like, oh, the the main character, what's her name, Tree, she's, oh, she's a bitch, I don't really like her. I was like, oh, how, am I actually <laughs> so going to like this? She's film? even worse she's... in this at the start than Phil Connors. Yeah, she's so bad. Um, and then, you know, it goes on and on, and you get this, like, it, this doesn't have any, like, sex montages, so I love that for that reason. A murder montage instead. Um, so. It has a murder <laughs> montage, and it has a I'm gonna try and figure this out montage, which I really liked. Um, she's amazing at the end. You actually, like, you you believe her, like, the character that he she is now a better person, that she's nice. And I think that niceness, probably when you rewatch it, you could maybe see it at the beginning as well knowing that that is in her i don't think she's like you know i don't know i don't think she's she she's a bad person at the beginning but maybe it's you know it's still in there somewhere yeah. and they explore why yeah. she's like that as well i think yeah pretty well um, yeah exactly and i absolutely I'm, love carter as well oh, yeah. oh it's really rare <laughs> to get a horror movie character who's just completely like admirable and nice mm. and has all good traits and mm. everything he does is just to be nice to other people yeah and, and which i was is like heart like, is quite refreshing i think yeah and i was so in the dark essentially until the end and i was honestly in my notes i was like please don't let it be carter carter can't be the bad guy please don't let it be carter <laughs> um, um but yeah i I'm, really liked it. I'm with you manly but i i really <laughs> love this movie and i've rewatched it a lot and every time i rewatch it i think it gets better and better because it builds so well i think the mystery is done very well and once mm. you know the twist and go back and watch it it sets up really well i think it has a lot of different characters and you can feasibly buy all of them as the killer. And the one that I don't buy as the killer is the serial killer. Yeah. <laughs> which I think is why he works so well as a red herring because you're watching it and you're like, no, I know it's not you. But um, I think it's... Tree's arc is amazing. I think Jessica Roth, and this is going to be a huge statement because um, I know that Tom Cruise, Bill Murray, and Andy Samberg are massive actors. But I think she gives the best performance out of any of these films because she's mm. asked to change the most and i think do the most out of any of them and i think she's so good at it and i think this movie if it didn't have a great lead would fall apart quite a lot but i think it just comes together i think her and carter have great chemistry together i think it's great fun the jokes all land the mystery is really well done i only have one problem with it and that's that they set up a subplot of how all the damage stays in her body and if she keeps dying yeah. then it's going to keep building all that damage so then there's a time limit but they don't go anywhere with it they, they don't sort really of do forget that i think yeah. um so that's the only big complaint i have with this movie and it's that that takes such a big chunk of runtime to explain that day but doesn't have anything done with it but the rest is is just so good and i think jessica roth's incredible in it and she's just as good in the sequel as well even though the sequel's a bit messy but she's just as good in it and it's, it's great uh, what about you Reese? um i must admit i was ridiculously skeptical when you picked this to watch because i don't know why i thought it was I, I just thought it was a netflix film like it it has the sort of again maybe it's the marketing we said it just felt like some random team slasher that you find on netflix and i was just hoping that it wasn't as awful as the babysitter i know you two like the babysitter <laughs> i i hate it i, I so good. when i when i started the film i was skeptical for about 20 minutes because 
The main character's name's called Tree. And so every time they called her Tree, <laughs> Which is almost an anagram of Rita. I know, but it's, it is. But, like, <laughs> Tree. But I just, I couldn't help but, like, Tree. Like, Tree. <laughs> anyway. Um, and I, I didn't like, again, I didn't like Tree at the start because she was a horrible, horrible person. But then... Yeah, I kind of love her by the end. She's fantastic. She, you are right. She's she's absolutely brilliant in this, Jessica Roth. I can't think of somebody who's done more for um, cinema in the last 10, 15 years than Jason Blum. I love the fact that he keeps on funding these movies, these really wacky um, directors and writers with great names. This this cast, you know, the cast of this film, it isn't very well known. There's 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 only three or four established actors i'd say in it and yet yeah when i first watched this i didn't know anyone i don't think i'd seen any of them before and the best thing that this film did to me for me is i was really creeped out particularly after the first murder Mm. when she goes back down to the tunnel you just can't help but go oh my god like what's there where is it is she gonna get away with it and then even when she answers the door she punches the guy in the face you just like is this over? I can't yeah. tell, and I know it's not over because it, we've still got a whole film to go. But I'm like, how's he? How's she? How's she gonna kill her this time? And, and it's, it's a really, it's a really horrifying situation because it's yeah. the only one of the, these yeah. movies where the character spends the whole movie constantly being hunted. Yeah. You and, get the sense that she's never safe. And then the best mm. thing about that is that the more the the more as the days went on, the more the less terrified I was and the more I was laughing and it moved really well from horridy to comma so much so by the end and horridy to by comma. the time we think horridy yes you know what I mean it's like by the time we're like oh yes okay, we yeah, the I murderer it. I get to eat oh, yeah. my I get to eat my cake <laughs> and then you're thrown straight back into the horror again yeah. because yeah, you're like oh my god true. she died again how did she do this it? This has, what? yeah, I think what is one of the most heartbreaking scenes in any movie ever. Because earlier with Groundhog Day, I was saying they knew the perfect day to end it on. And it's the one where he did all the nice things. Then in this one, I like that they don't end it there. And it feels earned mm-hmm. to then go on to another day. And it's so heartbreaking to see that she does that great day where she really hits it off with Carter. She goes and reconciles with her dad. She um, stops the killer. She's just nice to so many people around the town. The guy that took her on a date that she finds out is gay, she convinces him to like, accept who he is. And she's so nice to everyone. Yeah. And then it doesn't work, and it goes back, and it's heartbreaking. Um, mm-hmm. But like I agree. you, and it comes as a surprise. But on some level, you know it's coming because I think no one watching this film thinks that the serial killer is it John Toombs. No one thinks that he's the actual killer. So you know at that point that there's got to be something else to come, but it still hits really hard when she wakes back up. Mm. And then Carter actually... does the meanest prank ever where he <laughs> yeah. does it again. <laughs> yeah. I was actually like, when, when I did think, oh, like, is it the killer? I was a little bit disappointed because like, oh, if this is actually the killer, it's a bit, oh, okay. Um, but no, I'm glad they obviously didn't do that. Um, yeah, yeah, and Carter's prank at the end that is that was so not Carter, was it? <laughs> yeah, would but never do such she laughed it off. Thing. So. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, uh, I like, um, I really enjoyed how she went through. Right, who is it? Like, right, it's not you because you were there when I got killed. You were there when I got killed. It's not mm-hmm. you. I mean, for a long time. No, I how does it, it rule out Danielle? Because 
She pushes them into the road. They both get run over by a random yeah. truck, and then she crosses her out. So I don't know how. Yeah, right. um, <laughs> for a long time, I thought it was the doctor teacher person, mm. um, the one that she said, "No, we can't do this anymore." Yeah. That was a nice moment because it was a bit of growth. Again, the the strongest aspect of this film is what's her name trees growth like yeah she generally becomes a really really nice person by the end and it's yeah. not just it's not this, just that she stopped being mean because like she can stop doing her stupid um sorority cool girl stuff it's that not that does she stop doing that she just she just starts to do nice things to other for other people yeah. and she just she just looks generally more pleasant like and it's, I mean, it's all, the way she realizes isn't it of like my mum wouldn't be happy with how I am now and Carter's like yeah. then change mm. yeah because it's like uh, we've watched so so many TV movies over the last year so many and like always the main characters if it's some sort of sorority or cool girl you're just like oh just stop being an idiot stop yeah. being so mean you're just being mean because you're stupid like yeah. and it, it, to see to see that stripped away piece by piece day by day murder by murder until we get this really brilliant, perfectly character, who I don't know what she's like in the sequel, but I'm looking forward to the um, sequel she's to see just, if she breaks her down again yeah, in, the other way. In the sequel, she's she starts off as the nicer version of herself, and then they go, and I won't give away how, but they take her character in a more sort of emotional direction from there then. So she's had her growth as a person, she's now a nice person. But then they test... They test certain aspects of her character with the situation she ends up in. Because the sequel has a lot of ideas. Because it starts on Ryan, who's Carter's roommate, being stuck in a time loop on the day after Tree. And he's waking up in his car. And then she go, he goes to Tree and Carter and says, I'm stuck in a time. And they're like, okay, this happened to me just now. Let's figure out who it is and get you out. <laughs> but then they solve that very quickly. And then there's about three or four different plot lines after that. So they clearly had like four or five different sequel ideas. And then mm-hmm. rush them all into one film, and they're all good plot lines. But I think they're all a bit, a bit rushed. I think the sequel's definitely worth a watch because, again, she's so good in it. Yeah, um, they the... just they did rush it a bit. Again, um, you're a massive horror fan, Mike. How good? How just Jason Blum, Blumhouse. Yeah, just and I think well, he. The thing with Blumhouse is they will say yes to fund anything, and that leads to a lot of bad films. But it mm. means that like three or four times a year you get something really great i think this is no one expected this to be one of them everyone expects this to be terrible i got told by one person this was terrible then i watched it myself and since then i've recommended it to a lot of people because i think it's one that didn't get the recognition it deserved because it on paper doesn't sound great and then the marketing was so bad that it's a really hard one to pitch to people but once you watch it and especially on a rewatch i think it really shines because you see all yeah. the like incredible aspects of it. And going back and seeing Tree start again as a horrible person on a rewatch and thinking, now that I understand you more, you make more sense to start this movie, means that it then feels even more earned the nicer and person that she becomes at the end. Somehow yeah. it got one of the creepiest looking things of the last like uh, for a long time in a horror film that mask is just <laughs> terrifying and i don't know why anyone would have that as their mascot because yeah, I, I wouldn't want to go to that university <laughs> but 
imagine just a, a night baby. when everyone is really drunk and everyone's running around with that baby mask on would be hilarious. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's also got some pretty good deaths for a PG-13 horror film. Is it PG thirteen? Yeah, PG thirteen. Yeah, what? there's a there's a bong stab in it. You get the the <laughs> cop being run over. Then you get the car blowing up with the birthday candle, which is the <laughs> moment when I first watched it that I realised who the bad guy was because she had the same birthday candle that she'd been putting on her cake. Mm. I think. Um, so yeah, there, there's a lot of really good death scenes in it. I think for what it is. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic film. Yeah, I, it's, I get, it's I, really and I good. was so surprised at how great and it, it was. And it gets better every time I rewatch it because it's such a well-rounded and well-crafted film. Like it's because some mystery films you go and rewatch them, and they no longer hold up once you've got the whole mystery. But this one does, and it, it gets better. And it's it's so because you don't think to question the third time she gets killed. Because the first time's in the tunnel, the second time's at the party, then the third time, her Laurie says to her, just stay here have a quiet day and then tree barricades the room and then the killer's in the room anyway and kills her and because you're so early yeah. into the film you don't think in your mind like well how is well, the killer in her bathroom yeah. if she barricaded it but and, it's because she's her roommate so she's yeah, there because, anyway and that mm. that that puts so many good me- good thoughts into your head like is the killer in the time loop as well is is someone you know is, is she also is, is that person also reliving the day so she, they also know always know where she is yeah, yeah. Uh, i mean yeah, yeah that, that, that that's so creepy like yeah well um i'll i'll ask it again then because i've asked it for the others if you're going to be stuck in a time loop is this a a location you'd be happy to be in a, yeah. a, a college but there's a murderer stalking you well okay so the murderer is included <laughs> Does does your opinion change if I take the murderer away? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> probably. Mel- <laughs> Melanie, you get to wake up in Carter's bed every morning. Just, exactly. just remember one thing. Tree has one thing that none of these others do, and that's that she wakes up on every day of the time loop hungover. Yeah. Oh. And she spends every day of the time loop hungover. Niles, he never gets a hangover because <laughs> yeah. he spends the time loop drinking and wakes up the next day hangover free. But Tree, <laughs> hangover. Um, I... I would really like, yeah. I, of in fact, of all four, no, 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 I'd like, no, no. no I say, that's, that's an obvious best one to this be stuck in. And it's my second favorite because, because as soon as you know that you're going to get murdered, you just have to leave really early, and you don't even have to go back to the flat. Just get into a car, get a, just phone an Uber, get a, call an Uber, go as far as way, and you just spend the day somewhere else. I mean. Because is it established? What what if she doesn't get killed? Does she get to wake up the next All day? All she has to do is finish the day. Well, there we go. Yeah, it breaks probably, the loop. Yeah. There we um, go. Just, but just, there's just there's a tension there, especially once you know that all she needs to do is survive the day and break the loop. If she survives the day and then gets murdered, it's game over. Hmm. Yeah, but yeah, That's why but she kills I thought, her at the end. Thought, I thought ahead. You see, get a, yeah. just get an Uber really far away. <laughs> <laughs> then, then you're, <laughs> then it's tree, but she's in. It follows instead, and it's just it's the it follows monster. It's Laurie following her. Just life. You just say, yeah, but the next day, the time you do die, you're dead for real. Isn't that just? Oh yeah, the time? Just, yeah, but most people aren't actively <laughs> being hunted by a by a death by a murderer. Yeah. Uh, well, right. But, but but here's the thing. The, the, so the, the the murderer, her her motivation is quite weak. So I imagine if if what's her name went away for a long time. I don't think she's gonna bother trying. Like she made the cake, she's not gonna come back to try and eat the cake. 
and she hasn't pissed her off that day. Oh, like I don't think she's one... going to be that. If if I go to the other side of the, the other side of the country, I don't think she's going to follow me because she she hasn't seen that motivated to kill. There apart is from making a poison cake. There's another very interesting thing the sequel does with that character, where one of the many plots the sequel does is that Tree gets stuck in her time loop again, so it's the same time loop, but this time it's a different killer. Oh. Um, so she goes into it thinking, okay, it's her, but then quickly realizes it's not, and it's a, it's a cool way of subverting her character, because it means that you get her again, but you get a bit of redemption for her as well, because she's now I... not the murder she was before. I I love that two two films in this 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 series has already got like law, like proper yeah. law. <laughs> like, like this this has this is a this is an established world that somebody has created. Christopher Landon, Scott Lob- Lobdell, fair play and to them, he, really well done. Christopher Landon is currently doing a very cool thing of taking well known tropes and putting them into a teen slasher because he did Freaky as well with Catherine Newton where he. Um, where it's just Freaky Friday, but she swaps bodies with a serial killer, <laughs> um, which is also a really fun film. It's not as good as The Happy Death Day, but it's also really fun. Catherine Newton, who's also in a good time loop film, just not one we're talking about. Also, Scout's Guide to the Apoc- to the Zombie Apocalypse is bonkers, and it's bad, <laughs> but it's perfect B movie if you if you want a laugh. Right, let's we'll move on then to the last film we're going to talk about and my personal favorite of these four just because it's a hilarious existential nightmare with two fantastic leads (laughs) and that's palm springs um i'll let you go first on this one reese because i haven't been first since groundhog day what did you think of palm springs i know you waited a long time to watch it yeah i did um well you watched this last february didn't you when it came out i watched it last july last july so yeah. yeah Perfectly legally, I hope. Um. <laughs> well, uh, I, yeah, <laughs> I knew that I would rewatch it legally when it came out. Thing is that I'm like, but but I was I was holding back watching this for two reasons. One, I didn't want to watch it on a dodgy stream because I wanted it in HD, a good quality. I was kind of hoping cinemas would be open in Britain by now, and so I could have gone and see it in cinema. But I finally took the dive because it was free, um, and. Uh, I, it's it was better than like you, you sometimes you wait for a film for so long and you go and see it and you're like is that it no not this it, everything that I thought it would be so many things that I didn't expect for it to do I had no idea that um, J.K. Simmons was going to show up I had no idea that um, he pulled them into it I didn't know what was going to happen at all and and I, I the, the the distinct feeling and you, you'll I don't know if you remember the night when I watched it. I couldn't stop messaging people about it because I literally felt as if I'd just left a cinema. I got that feeling. Do you know when you finish a film in the cinema, you just you just want to go to the pub after and just talk about everything that yeah. happens in it. Like you, you spend four hours talking about a two-hour movie just after you've seen it. You remember everything that happened in it. And I was just like, I, I just couldn't help but message people. I just wanted to talk about it because I was like, Did you see, do you remember this bit? Do you remember this bit? Do you remember this? how good it was this? I, I was... I got such a warm feeling after seeing it. I was, I couldn't sleep for like hours because I was buzzing. I was hyper. It was like I, I drank like a fizzy drink or I, I had some blue, blue M, blue M and M's or Smarties. You know, that that's the feeling that I got after this film. I thought it was fantastic, <laughs> and I didn't think. Palm Springs I, is the blue M M&M. and <laughs> But I didn't think that when you when I was going to watch these time loop films that I'd find one that got close 
to Groundhog Day, this came pretty, pretty, pretty damn close. Yeah, like, it's awesome. It's so good. It's, I really loved it as well, and I, it didn't lose anything on its second watch. I think the two leads are fantastic. I think this is probably Andy Samberg's best performance ever because mm. he nails the very sad but also very happy, but also the fact that he's kind of accepted it side of it well. And then you've got Kristen Milioti, who's sort of in total freak-out mode because she's new. And it's the only one of these that gives you someone someone who's been there for a while and someone new, so you get both sides of it. And I think he's probably the one that's in there for the longest out of these four, because you get the sense he's been in there for a really long time. Yeah. And he gets a really existential thing. I've only got one complaint with the film, because it's, it's really funny and it's really emotional and it's got a great story and it, it wraps up well and the characters are great. I just wish J.K. Simmons had been used better because I like the concept of his character, but he only shows up and kills him twice during what we're seeing. And I think it would have been a more fun use of his character if there was just... Because we see a lot of different loops in this. They, they go through a lot. If just random ones of those had ended with him showing up and killing them. Because it's sort of... You can kind of forget about him for a big stretch of the film. And I wish that they'd used him a bit more. Uh, just showing up at random times, killing them. But I... It didn't take away too much because the rest of the film is just so good. What What about you, Manly? Um, yeah, I love this film. Um, unlike Reese, for me, this film is way above Groundhog Day. Um, but I just, I just really, really love it. I think it's very like fast paced. It's not too long. They don't like linger on, you know, on on, on the same day. I think this one is probably the one that is the least repetitive for me. Um, and I just, yeah, I love the performances. Uh, as you said, Andy Samberg really just nails it completely. And so does um, Christine Miliotti, obviously. I do also agree they could have used J.K. Simmons a bit more, but I also think that they uh, explain it quite well with him obviously living a bit further away. And also after, um, after Sarah sort of kills him he's sort of like uh, i'm gonna stay I, away from this I whole think thing they but... could have done something interesting there where if he had shown up a lot early on mm. um and then stopped after that one yeah you would have yeah. you might be able to dive into niles where he's really missing sarah he might have really started to miss roy as well because both mm. of the people that he was used to seeing in there might have just been gone completely now and yeah. then he can go and look for roy to go yeah why did you stop but, yeah. yeah, and as I said, it didn't drag it down. I think one of the best scenes in the film is when he goes to Roy's house and Roy takes mm. him to his garden and he's like, I've, look at what I've learned to accept. Like, I really hated you for this, but look at all the, look at what you've given me. You've given me this day forever. Yeah. Yeah, it's really, it's just really nice. It's like very, um, I think I smiled at the end the most for Happy Death Day and then also probably even more for Palm Springs. I think it's like, such a nice ending and they obviously they also explain the time loop quite a bit better or i mean at least they try and then they get out and there's like an explanation for everything and i just yeah i just really love it it's just like one of those perfect like yeah. i love the films where you are with you know just a small group of characters and you really sort of get to know them and it's very feel good but it's all it's like bittersweet you know like you've got sad bits you've got happy bits and at the end you're like crying but it's because of like seven different emotions yeah and i just really love it it does well to it does well to 
give details of the time loop without it being boring. I like, yeah. like, mm. like the, the the fact that the crest the, the fact that um Christina Maliti goes off to do the research while we we're still with um Andy Samberg chilling. I mean that that is the that is the really special bit of this film for me is that um Niles has given up and in and you, we do, we don't know how long Christina Maliti Christina Maliti's been in it. Um but but she's been in it long enough that she can become an expert in quantum physics mm. and figure out a way and do multiple experiments on how to escape a time loop. And in that time, Andy Samberg has, has done absolutely nothing. It's just and so it makes, around. So, but, and so it, it makes you, yeah. It's the most, it's the scariest aspect of this film for me. And this is the one that I think most gets across why a time loop is horrifying. Because I get mm. the... Happy Death Day is a, is a horror, but this one is really scary because you get the sense that Niles is in there and doesn't think there's a way out. Yeah. And he's, like, terrified of it. And he he's given up, but he mm. can't even remember what he did for his job before or anything. And I get that there may be some exaggerating there because he remembers his dog at the end and all of that. Um, but when it's the point where she's asking him, he's like, I genuinely can't remember what I did before this. Is, is quite scary because he's been in there so long that he's got to completely give up and to him there's no way out he's just got an eternity of that same yeah. day and it's the and same over. thing as he said with happy death day in this he's in there which means that he can never die he's scared that you know yeah you know, he doesn't know he we don't know what these characters go on but it's quite yeah you know, quite it's not it's not hard to think of yeah, he gets out this, he could die a year later, he could die a day later, yeah. he could die a month later. There's that terror of and, and that's the thing when I look at these type new films, I'm sort of like, well, I don't mind being stuck in one, because at least I know I'm stuck in one. And at least I if if I'm in a place where it's comfortable and I've got beer and food you know and people talk around. Calm Springs. <laughs> what a place you know what to I mean? be stuck in a time. Yeah. Room. Yeah. With Kristen Marinotti as well. That's... And the, and it's the one and it's the one where it's like he he says that he loves her and she's like yeah but do you actually love me or is it because you're the only person i'm speaking to that was a scary moment for me because it's yeah. like he was everything it's... that he was hold, trying to hold on to she doesn't believe in it she's she always yeah. tries to get out it's, it's such a touching speech that he does as well though to her to convince him that he does and i think that it's a moment that Take something that I think Brooklyn Nine Nine does very well with Andy Samberg's moments, where you manage to get him being hilarious at the same time as doing a really emotional speech. Because he's doing the speech at the end, but she's told him you've got one sentence, so he's sort of throwing in all the grammatical changes yeah, in it, the, and I think, I think yeah. that's really fun. The gra- Emphatic, grammatical nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> grammatical nightmare. Yeah, um, oh, it's just oh, it's yeah. just a movie. It's so great. Can, also, so it's good. the only time loop movie with a CW wedding in it. It's yeah. a two, two <laughs> no, 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 that's not true. That's not true. Well, well, wait, where, where, where is because Derek, like, Teen Wolf is not CW, but what is he in that is CW? He's Superman. He's oh, okay, Superman. Superman is yeah, CW. He's Superman. All right, CW. never mind. So it is a CW wedding. Yeah, yeah. The CW wedding. They're both CW. I see what the, the, the wedding is great because uh, what a great setting. Like, it's just, yeah, because you get a, a really good host of characters in it. Mm. Um, like the, the, even though again the day's repeating, there's a real sense of tension throughout. Yeah. Of like, what if they find out that um, yeah the sister's obviously been sleeping with the 
husband and well uh, you'd hope that do you know what i mean like like because like like, clearly <laughs> christy Meliti, like Meliti's character she's not a great person to no. start with and it's something like, they tell really you isn't. straight away that you don't realize till the end and it's one of the reasons this movie there were two points in this that really held up on a rewatch for me and that's when the first is you she walks up to andy sandberg at the wedding and he's sort of sniffing the air then that guy comes out of the bushes and he flinches and rewatching it you're like oh it's because he thinks it's roy that's a really good moment that holds up and it's one that doesn't make sense until you rewatch it Mm. and the other one is that when you first see her wake up in the time loop straight away you're she leaves her room and other people are asking oh where were you You weren't in your room and it's straight away they're telling you she slept in someone else's room and it's yeah. one of those ones that when, when you're rewatching it, it's like, oh, this is in a completely different context now. Because mm. you don't know she's not a great person until the end. You don't know why she's so hesitant to give the wedding speech and all of that. Then when you find that out, it sort of changes her character for everything that came yeah. before it. But she becomes, yeah. but she she goes through the Phil Connor, fa- uh, the Phil Connor phase in this. She's the one who who becomes an expert in something who take who uses her time to improve her life. Whereas Andy and Andy Samberg, it's like it's it's on he he's almost as what what if Phil Connors never stopped trying to kill himself? Yeah, yeah exactly. I, just, I don't know because I always he, he I always got the sense in, the... in this that yeah. Niles probably did go through that phase, but then it's so long. So he I feel he like just it... carried on because when she starts doing good deeds, he says to her, "You can try. It won't work." Mm. I feel like he has been, you know, Phil Connors has sort of been in the cycle once, right? Where he goes through the sex phase and then the, you know, depressive phase and then the making myself better phase. And I feel like Niles has been in that cycle multiple times. Yeah, and then gave up. Yeah, and then gave up. I really like, though, when she's asking him all the people he slept with and he's listing them. I think yeah. is they they pick a very funny group of people for it to be, and I both times I've watched this now, I thought <laughs> you said that her dad was one of them, and then you've immediately backed down. But he's definitely lying. He's like, like it, when when he backs down on that, he's definitely lying because she seems surprised. Do you know what the main? <laughs> do you know what the main thing I took away from this film though? It, it made me realise that if I had a time machine, I would travel back to two thousand and five, and I'd walk up to the boardrooms of the cbs and i'd find i'd find the cut uh was it carter bays and craig thomas said stop what you're doing do not make a do not make a tv series start uh revolving around josh radner trying to find trying to tell his kids who is who who their mother is no make it about christian miliotti telling her kids how the how how she found their father and because because Do you know how great is she? How I met your father? You have to have Hillary Duff. Do you know what I mean? How <laughs> great? How great is Kristen Melotti? Yeah. I, mean, I know we said Andy Sandberg, but for me, the, yeah, just yeah, she's, standout she's performance. This is the. Yeah. I've only seen three things: this Wolf of Wall Street, in which she was really wasted, and How I Met Your Mother, which I think I've been pretty open about how much I hate the finale of How I Met Your Mother. Also, really wasted. A shocking. Yeah. I think it's a shocking final season. But the only good parts of that last season a her because you get even before she meets ted she's interacting with all the other characters first she gets a lot of stuff with marshall and she's great and you get the sense throughout that whole season that she's so great that she is the character the show's been building up to and it wouldn't work if she wasn't a great performer and you really get that <laughs> sense and then the second she meets ted dead yeah well i think that way. she's she she has two really good 
things that I've seen her in. First one is um, the episode of Thirty Rock she's in, where she plays the purposely really ditzy. Um, is she like um, she's the cousin of the main character in it, and she's like she's absolutely brilliant in it. And of course, she's in the USS Callister episode of. Black oh, of course Mirror. she is. And, and <gasps> she then, is. <laughs> and she's brilliant in that. Um, yeah, she's great. Can, can oh, she's much... also oh, of course in... she's in Fargo. She's in an episode of Mythic Quest, the new um, Rob McElhenney show where he runs a video game studio in um, in Apple. She's in an episode, is the episode where that show took a turning point for me because the it comes towards the like last third of the first season. And before that, I was watching all the episodes. I, think, I can see what you're going for, but none of the jokes are landing enough. Then you get this side episode with her and Nick from New Girl. Mm-hmm. Joe Joe Johnston, Spider Man, um, Peter B. Parker. Yeah. Um you get a bit where you get a whole side episode of those two as a couple that meet in a video game rental store, hit it off, and then decide to start making their own video games together. And it sort of there's only a few jokes in it, but only in a similar way to Palm Springs, where there's a lot of drama and it tells a really dramatic story with a few jokes thrown in. And from that point, you can tell that the writers got really confident with that side of yeah. story because every episode after they mix the comedy with the drama way better and it becomes a much better show. And that's the best episode of the show and it's another testament to how good she is in it. I, I've now made the decision as well that I, after seeing this film, I don't need to see another Time Loop film again. It's not something I, I think that this has... This, it, this is a sort of rounding out of it for me because I've loved how Groundhog Day for years and I didn't think I'd find something that would take that concept and and use it to the best it can be or at least the the groundhog day story and stretch it to like like what happens if it was actually for like years and years and what happened if if someone got else got trapped in it and for if i ever watch groundhog day now i'll watch this immediately after because it's it's some sort of like natural sequel and i don't need to watch if i'm not interested in any other time loop films anymore even if it's got a sequel i don't care anymore i'm happy to keep seeing them yeah. as long as they keep doing something unique with it. Because I think all mm-hmm. of these take what Groundhog Day did and add something. So I think Groundhog Day is obviously the, the benchmark they all clearly try to be, even though it's my personal least favourite of these four, but I wouldn't insult it because it's a great film. Edge of Tomorrow, I think, is the least like Groundhog Day, just because I think it's, it's just a time and everything else. But Happy Death Day, you get the feeling that Tree's arc is trying to be similar to Phil Connor's arc. This film, I think, in it's very DNA feels similar to Groundhog Day. And it's like, what if Groundhog Day, but we put two people in it instead. Yeah, three and, I people, tell, um, and I tell you one people. thing, um, I tell you one thing that came out, also came out in the last, well, almost year now is the, um, the vat of acid, the vat of acid episode of Rick and Morty. Yeah. Rick and Morty. And it's just like, what you think these time loops don't have consequences, bitch. There, look, look but at you kill even, all the other Mortys. Like even <laughs> the this true, year. the potential horrificness of, of this existence. Like even this year came out um the map of tiny perfect things, which again takes um the Groundhog Day of what if we do the time loop, but this time let's put let's do it in a guise of. It's a nerd, it's a total nerd stuck in there instead. Yeah. Hmm. That's um, a good twist which, as well. That's a that's a really. I good haven't film. seen it that's, yet. It's really good. It's a, another one where, and it's something you can say about all these films, but it's another one where the two actors sell it so well. It's, it's weird because I was never overly sold on Catherine Newton because I saw her in Paranormal Activity Four and Detective Pikachu and thought she was pretty weak in both. Then 
she came out with all of a sudden freaky and um map of tiny perfect things and she's so good in both of them but in freaky she had to play vince vaughn and they're pretty different people and she does it yeah you genuinely feel like you're watching vince vaughn but in a teenage girl's body (laughs) i just i just want a time loop film where one of noah centineo's horrible characters is stuck in a time loop and has to be Does like it, swiped or something. Uh, <laughs> does he go from Does he go from swipe to Peter Kravinsky? Mm, yeah. Like, <laughs> um, does he? But but he has to watch. But he but he chooses a different one of his films each day to watch, and that's how he becomes a better person. He finds the perfect version of himself. It's weird oh, that they never made a time loop film. High school with any sort of video game connection oh. or theme at all, because video games are kind of all time loop things yeah that's really because you keep doing the same thing over and over again until you've done it perfect i haven't seen uh freeman yet is that isn't that like i don't know if they have i don't that's not a time loop no okay no that's um it's basically he's an npc in a grand theft auto game that okay (laughs) figures out he's an npc in a grand theft auto game it's because it's because video game films don't make money i mean yeah they Um, just don't make money five kids three that's not a video game <laughs> film. You know what I mean? No. Okay. I don't show, mean, like, show me the Spy Kids three. Show me, show me the video game then. I don't mean make a time loop film based off a video game. Make one with sort of a video game theme like. No, no. Spy Kids I, 3. I know exactly what tomorrow? you're saying. What, no, what you're saying is what you're saying is you want a Spy Kids time loop film. That's <laughs> yes. that's what you're trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. Go on. Give me that. Absolutely. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I think we've. Uh, well, I'll ask it. I know what the answers are going to be, but I've asked it for the others, so I'll ask it again. If you're going to be stuck in a time loop, is this a location you're going to be happy with? Palm yeah. Oh, mate. I, yeah. That's <laughs> like, definitely. Just got, Honestly, I'll be annoyed. You've got the party. If ever, yeah, if I ever go on holiday to Palm Springs and I don't wake up the next day in a time loop, I'm going to be really <laughs> Oh, man. I just love to get I'm going ha- looking for that cake. I just can't wait to get hammered every night. Like, I drink oh, wake up without so anger, much. It's the opposite of uh. So good. I also love uh, just just as a, like one of the funniest things in. Well, no, probably not. But just when Andy Samberg just stands on the on the rock and he's like, "I am the Antichrist," and then <laughs> and then it starts quaking. Yeah. <laughs> it's the, so good. Andy Samberg. Oh it's, yeah. It's so weird that people didn't really realize for quite a long time how great Andy Samberg was because no, he's, he's just great, a funny yeah. guy, and then it turns out he's actually an amazing actor. I think yeah. the single funniest joke in this film for me. And it's one that both times I watched it, I forgot about, and then it made me giggle. Was when when they're giving each other tattoos in the desert, and he's requesting something specific, and she draws the penis on his back, and then you see it the other way around, he's drawing on hers, and you see that he's drawing the penis, and you think, ah, he's got her back. Then you yeah. hear what she's requesting, and she's actually requested that. I think yeah. the trust that she actually asked for that had me laughing a lot both times. Anyway, I think um, we'll we'll wrap Brilliant it up there. And I think we've um, I think four great films that you've spoken about, and honestly, we could have yeah. added other time loop films in there and, and had a great great time. And I think even TV does it well. Agents Shield had a great time loop episode, and um, True. and Legend of Tomorrow had a great one too. But yeah, I just really like the concept of time loop. It's just something really interesting. Um, I guess all that's left to say for me is goodbye, and for Melanie. I am the Antichrist. And from Ruth. Sorry. Oh, that's quite funny. <laughs> the Antichrist. Oh, God. And, and from Ruth. <laughs>
Sorry, did you say my name? I did. Oh, I wasn't. I wasn't listening. Uh, I was. I was going <laughs> to do. A, I was going to do a, a goodbye time loop gag there. Once this when is I got all a, when staying I got, in. When I got a okay. goodbye from all three of you, I was going to do me again and then loop back round to Manly again and just keep it going in a circle. But but then um, then Manly decided to be so- too funny. I'm sorry. <laughs> you, Manly. You're not coming into the time loop with me. Aww. I'm going to tell you about the cave when I find it. Aww. That's mean.